there is a magical operation of maximum importance. The initiation of a new Aeon. When it becomes necessary to utter a word, the whole planet must be bathed in blood. Ah yes, welcome to Dead House Whispers. <laughs> Greetings everyone, Calypso here. It's been a long time and now uh, Dead House Whispers is back again, um, risen from the dead, uh, if you will. Uh, and once again, I'm Calypso and as usual, I'm always joined by my other host, Faceless Mike. Greetings, hello, and welcome. And I see you are Kalipsov today. Yes, I, yes, that was, Kalipsov, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so how have you been, dude? It's like we're back and yeah. we're always just back, but at least we will have a better schedule going forward. Yep, theory. yep, that's true. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Um, I've, been, I've been all right, I've been all right. Uh, it's spooky season, so I've been watching a bunch of horror movies um, playing a bunch of scary video games, uh, retreading Legacy of Cain per usual every time around this month. Um, yeah, I've been I've been good. A lot of a lot of Lovecraft again in my life. Reading Lovecraft more. Um, saw the new Hellraiser. I thought it was awesome. I have not got the chance to see it yet because there is no legal way to watch it in Ireland yet. So what you don't you can't <laughs> watch it on like Hulu or anything. You don't have a Hulu. We don't like we don't get Hulu in Europe. Oh, so really? anything that's on there usually ends up like, like for example, how did you watch Prey? Uh, you know uh, movie, yeah, Prey? On, on Hulu, yeah. Yeah, over here it's on Disney Plus. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> Predator is a Disney character now? Yes. So <laughs> Alien and Predator are both Disney princesses. So <laughs> that's that's the way we have that. It's been a very, very long time indeed. Yes. But all yeah, things come to those who wait, and death is eternal. Speaking of which, as is the usual shilling for today, don't forget to check out deadhousesonata.com. Yep. It's been a while since there's been official stream. It might be a little bit longer, but we are still here to be the official unofficial stream. <laughs> yes, yes. The as Clemson says, we are the official <clears throat> unofficial stream, unofficial stream for yeah. Deadhouse Sonata to promote everything Deadhouse related. And because it's been a while, we have a lot of catching up. Oh yeah. yeah, we have yeah, a we lot. Do. If if Calypso can even remember half of it, because it's been I, quite a while, I took notes. I didn't remember. So all I right, took you took notes. notes. I I, I don't notes. remember, so I'm relying on your notes. Um, the last episode we talked about the Ghoul Radio play. Yes. 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 Um, have there? I was there. There has one, been two was, since. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So I was right. I was right. I wasn't crazy. There has been two. Mm -hmm. One of them was Vampires, and Vampire Blood, which was awesome. And then the other one was meeting um, uh, Alaric discovering a moon door, if I am correct. Because mm -hmm. he discovered a sunlight door in one of the other earlier radio plays. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, and apart from um, that news, uh, there's actually been some official Legacy of Kane news that has struck the internet, as well as Tomb Raider and some announcements from Crystal Dynamics. Uh, but we Go on. You can, I'll let you talk about All this right. first before we okay. get into the, the so, mountain the dead of house. speculation I have. Yes, before we get into Dead House proper, let's talk about the other thing. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Crystal Dynamics 
uh, a last week or a couple weeks ago now released a survey about what would the fans like in a new Legacy of Kane game. That's right, a new one. Um, I have a video, Legacy of Kane Returns, that goes over all those details. It's actually got a bunch of views. I also have a follow-up where we brainstorm what's happening. But the gist of it is, Crystal Dynamics released a survey for everybody to answer, fans or not, of what they would like in a new Legacy of Kane game. What the gameplay they would want, what the narrative what they would want, um, style of game, uh, action, adventure, multiplayer, like all, all that stuff. The broad spectrum of what a game is today and what kind of game you guys would like to see today within this survey. Um, We're going to link Calypso's one down below. Yeah. If you're watching this later on YouTube or if you're on Spotify or anything, I will put links in descriptions. And I, I want to go over this because I watched Calypso's video and I laughed at it, not because of what he said, but because I know what the answers will be. And for every answer, because keep in mind, I'm the guy that reads the comments on the Deadhouse videos. Mm -hmm. So I know um, no one's going to be happy. No matter what they do, like a, a huge section of the audience will be angry. So oh, of course. as you said, the first things first, a reboot or a rehash or like kind of like, let's say a Legacy of Kane collection. Let's say we bring out yeah. a disc or a Switch cartridge that has all the games that will function on whatever current systems and they, they like function well, I'm not mentioning any ports. Um, that I think will be the best option. People, oh, I definitely think so. We'll want to go through with that. Anything else that's done, and don't get me wrong, I'd love, I'd love to see more myself. But anything else that's done is going to divide the audience instantly, because mm -hmm. it'll either be not good enough, it'll yeah, be done you can't wrong, win. the story will be terrible. Why didn't you use the original voice actors? Half of them are dead. Uh, like, sadly, there will yeah. always be like problems. I think you showed a clip or something. Of, I uh, did. I did. So. Guy. If yeah. you didn't tell me that was him, I wouldn't have known. No, same. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> with with this whole new Legacy of Kane thing, um, I know a lot of the fans, you know, have a broad spectrum of what they would like to see. I personally, in this, in this, these two videos, highlighted that I think going the God of War 2018 soft reboot direction. If there is going to be a new like sequel or reboot of Legacy of Kane, do it that way. That way, you can tell kind of a singular story while having the continuation, having it be a continuation as well, um, as well as bringing in new fans who've never played uh, Legacy of Kane or God of War 2018 in this case, um, in that kind of style. That's what I would like. I, Other people would like Dark with, Souls. I agree with yeah. you, but that's a tall ask. Oh, no, it's a tall, a tall order. Tall so ask. that's why I think personally, if, if when this new Legacy of Kane thing happens, and it will happen, mind you, the only reason I know and believe that this is going to happen is because every single time Crystal Dynamics or Square Enix themselves released a survey about Legacy of Kane. What happened? We got Legacy of Kane news that there was a Legacy of Kane being developed, but then it got canceled. <laughs> uh, I, I was... do think this is pretty much a real, like, genuine customer interest survey. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. To check out, not only gauge the level of interest, but what way they should go with it, because they're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall. They have, like, three or four ideas. They yep, just yep. want to see, would this be a boom or a bust? That's yep. This actually ties into uh, some uh, a Tomb, Ra Tomb Raider news. So Crystal Dynamics developing another Tomb Raider. Um, they announced it yesterday. 
uh, at Unreal Fest, um, the uh, long developer conference for everybody using Unreal Engine. Um, I, I, as a game developer myself, I tuned into that kind of stuff because I dig it. Plus, it's Crystal Dynamics. So Crystal Dynamics has moved from their proprietary engine that they've been developing for the past 20 years, starting out with Gex um, and all the way up to you know the recent Tomb Raiders. And they finally switched over to Unreal Engine 5 simply because... The ease of access, once you get the learning curve of Unreal Engine out of the way, it's incredibly easy to develop video games, and you don't have to worry about fixing your own broken-down engine that's 20 years old. So apart from them using Unreal Engine 5 and developing a new Tomb Raider, this switch to a new engine definitely means that they're going to be developing a new Legacy of Kane and their other franchises that they're interested in working on easily with the help of unreal engine not you know to shill on epic or whatever but like they have a good engine on their hands i and think a lot of people like to lean that way because if you're doing game development in college the vast majority of the stuff is either done in unreal or or unity, unity. Yeah. So like you will do one of them. So when you get you new young people out of college, which look, let's face it, people like to talk about experienced devs, this and the other. Most work is done by the new guys out of college. Like the oh, yeah, experienced definitely. devs are not sitting there programming the behavioral physics of a tree or yeah. a bench or a window. Like that's all new young guys and young guys and girls. And if they're fresh out of college, if they already know how to use the tools, doesn't it make life a lot yep. easier? Yep. Rather than having to pretty much set them down and give them another three month course on, and this is how our engine works. Like I know yeah. that's got its perks, but it also has its drawbacks. Yeah, like something, a quote from one of the developers, one of the engineers, I think, uh, some, some I'm paraphrasing here was it stuck it stuck out to me because it was it was a highlight of that conference where um, uh, junior developers and I'm paraphrasing junior junior developers have an easier time understanding Unreal Engine and that's why we moved to it rather than our senior developers. I've been developing you know games for 20 years and using our own proprietary engine and I was struggling to learn Unreal Engine five but these guys straight out of college like you just said uh, got their heads wrapped around it quicker than I could. And they, they've, you know, moved up the ranks from junior to like senior or mid or whatever yeah. quickly, because it's just an easy engine to understand and learn once you, you know, get over the learning curve of Unreal Engine 5. So yeah, Crystal Dynamics is using a new Unreal, um, is using Unreal Engine to develop their future games. They released a Legacy of Kane survey, which more often than not means a new Legacy of Kane is on the way. So it's happening, guys. Like it's actually happening. I think remasters and better ports would should happen first like get the old games to a new audience um and then go like the remake stuff route or the soft reboot route or whatever you guys you know would want it'd be really personally. interesting to see how that goes because like i filled it out i feel out. yeah people oh, are yeah. like oh i don't know this that, you know fill it out if you give the amount of complaining i've heard from legacy of Kane community over years it's your fault if you don't fill this out now like oh yeah, it definitely. is literally entirely on you, you know? Yeah. Now, with that out of the way, uh, when you are saying about the conference thing, you were watching that. I was more interested and glued to uh, the Silent Hill news, but that's a different topic for a different That is stream, a different topic for another stream. Yes, I have uh, choice things to say about that, um, but <laughs> we can talk about that some other time. I Other franchise, other scenario, but yeah. um, at yeah. least it's not a pachinko machine. Yep, at least <laughs> Like uh, credit, I love Bloober Team. I'm I'm glad Bloober Team is working on it, but I I know a lot of people aren't glad that Bloober Team is working on it, and I I guess I understand why, but I mean, 
it's Silent Hill at least. It's back. Yeah. Sort of until, you know, Konami messes it up or something. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, I, anyways. I watching that. And don't get me wrong. I love Silent Hill. I'm a big fan of the franchise. But I'm old enough to play the to have played the original. And that's mm-hmm. another weird realization when they were interviewing some of the staff. I'm like, a lot of you not old enough to have ever played the original. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's cool wow. they're getting the OGs back. It's cool they're getting um, the original composer and the original freaking creator or whatever to come back. That's cool. Uh, I was That's just cool. sitting there watching this, and I was really excited, and then wanted to start screaming at the television. Now do Castlevania. Oh no, same. You have the <laughs> hype of the you have the hype of the Castlevania anime, and you're not going to do anything with it. Like perfect oh. opportunity, guys. Uh, but we've, uh, it's literally we've it's literally Alaric with the ghoul in the cage all over again with the yeah. meals, you know, just eating it in front of them and go, oh, this, you want this? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of that, moving on to Deadhouse proper stuff. So, yeah. Okay. We'll start with the first radio play before we go into it. So we've got a little running order here. First radio play, second radio play, last stream I did. So, of Bloodlines, and our description reads, in this episode of Bloodlines, we follow Alaric as he reminisces over a drink. Mm. Interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of of wordplay there. So, do you remember this episode, Calypso? Yeah, this episode, it's vampire, so it's it's in my memory still. Um, uh, Props to the ghoul, like... Oh man, I guess this kind of ties into the other ghoul episode also, because Alaric finds a vial or gets delivered or or buys mm-hmm. a vial of vampire blood from someone mysterious. No, he gets the he gets it delivered, yeah. Okay, he gets it delivered. Um and he uh, only to discover that the vampire blood is slowly dwindling away. No matter what you do, it is slowly vanishing. Um adding water to it uh hurts it. Um, like, like, uh, makes the vampire blood like diminish more. Um, and it don't like salt or silver. And it doesn't like salt or silver. And he does all these experiments on this vampire blood. And then uh, the ghoul that can talk, which is awesome still, and it's such a great voice acting thing for the ghoul. It's so good. Um, maybe gives him some friendly hints of what to do. And then Alaric decides to take a little bit of his own blood and drop it in there. And the blood uh, stays and it doesn't just dissolve anymore. And it even grows because he pours it out. And then he realizes that um, vampire blood is like, always dwindling and it constantly needs nourishment and vampires you know he he speculates that vampires um might constantly just feel empty and like they're drained and like they're hungry and that they just they're like tired all the time no wonder vampires they're just tired all the time because they need blood (laughs) he thought they were all goth they're actually just depressed (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah, it gives a more depth into what a vampire is, that it's not yeah. the vampire that needs to drink. Oh, I need to drink. It actually really needs to drink, yeah, it, even it for its own existence. The, the blood is the life, as they say. Mm-hmm. And we are gods. Mm. Dark gods. I won't care. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the behavior of it, and we had little things of Alaric about when he'd first encountered all this stuff, you know. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, like how there's flashbacks to the of vampires the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a like he's got some little PTSD going on with the with the oh man, I should have got my satchel and all my friends died from this freaking vampire in the church and <laughs> like I, I like <laughs> he's so stupid sometimes, but but uh, I like I like that there's little callbacks to that episode, and um, there was even callbacks to 
the other episodes in the next one. But uh, <laughs> but no, I think um, I definitely I I really hope that Alaric and the ghoul become kind of like buddy buddy and friends you know as i as like a kind of a now, laurel and hardy the, situation i think that'd be awesome if that here's the funny one happens. right so for anyone that's watching this you like i know a lot of people are really enjoying the radio plays you need to catch these live right because not only like do you get the experience of oh i get to see this as it's happening as it's premiering but most of the time i can't promise every time most of the time george the joins us and then we have a little bit of a Q&A over the Discord afterwards. Now, not every time, because like George is a busy man, so he doesn't always have free time to do it. But for the last two, um, he has. And we've been joking about this. And George was saying they had so much fun doing Alaric and the Ghoul. And they were kind of messing, like, obviously, outtakes and stuff like that, but not outtakes. George, pretty professional, but, like, when off, like, off, they're, like, chit-chatting back and forth and messing. And as you mentioned there, Calypso, there is jokes about some kind of, like, buddy cop comedy kind of yeah. Yeah, like thing going on there. Like, this this like, needs to happen. It would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would definitely like... Uh... I'm pushing for that quest line. That has to be a quest line somewhere in Death House. Yeah, yeah. You, you like a you get like a buddy cop thing with with uh, a ghoul a, or the ghoul, the ghoul and, and, and Alaric. Alaric, yeah. Like it's so. I like that. I definitely like that. Um, and the thing is, is is uh, you can see you can see that there's sort of this amicable understanding with the ghoul and Alaric, even when he first meets him and captures him in the ghoul episode, and then in this one. Um, when the ghoul, you know, helps him out, of course, you know, for some flesh and information, <laughs> but like how they're sort of starting to learn each other and understand. And like, it's really cool. It's really cool. Like uh, it's, it's one of those things I can see, you know, just expanding upon and getting deeper and deeper as the episodes go on. Especially um, considering a lot of people thought the ghouls were mindless. They're learning. Yeah. No, I definitely not. thought they they're were anything I, I but. I definitely thought that they were just, you know, like kind of like dogs or animals and they couldn't speak and they weren't smart. And the whole hive mind thing was nuts. And like, it's so, oh man, it's awesome. There's, there's a, a, a huge depth to the ghoul as a species of mm -hmm. undead in, uh, in dead house. Like everything else still surprise you. And then mm -hmm. that moves us on to of hope. Which of, in this episode of Hope, we follow Alaric as he finds a light in the darkness. I did not think they were mindless, but I did not think they could manipulate as well as they did either. Yeah. Well, they are members of Deadhouse for a reason. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, Greetings, Matt. But yeah, so in of Hope, um, Alaric... <clears throat> ventures to the well first he goes to find about uh the guy that he um helped to uh vanish unintentionally at the hands of a rather bloody eviscerated woman as he calls her and oh, that yeah, leads yeah, him yeah. that leads him that he can't decipher the text that he has that he'll have to go to the source and that brings him to a nomadic peoples called the anai very very cool um i liked i liked the props to the i thought the voice actor for the anai leader sounded familiar but i can't put my finger on who it is i know it's not who i think it is but mm. their voice could be a good like 
do you know do you know um i'm trying to remember the actor's name like g Giamon, like hussein i think he's uh he was his friend in gladiator yes okay. yeah okay, like yeah. uh he's been in a book he's he's a big um south african Mm. uh actor uh like he's he's huge hollywood like his voice the guys who was playing the annihilator leader sounds a lot like him i thought it was him but i was like no way Ven- Venduk. yeah yeah i like that this is showing that there's greater and broader cultures within malorum that yeah. it's not just like oh look these are like white european dudes like there's mm-hmm. like a broad culture there's a lot of societies which again when alaric and Venduk travel to this place and he translates the text you find out there's different texts and the anai is near the top but the anai isn't the top there was mm-hmm. older there like was these older. are all these cool lore hints there's so many lore hints there i'm actually upset how many people didn't get more of it because i really wanted this discussion because who were the older people who built the stuff why does the thing look like necrotech yeah, what the heck yeah, is going like, on? This why place did, is covered in green writing. Who the hell could write in this stuff that Alaric couldn't dent with dynamite? Like, mm-hmm. who? Like they've managed to write in this stone to give warnings. Who built the dang portals? How are there portals all over the place? There's, like, no yeah, there's so many no questions. Like, like, and I think that's the best part about these radio plays is that like, um, Alaric is sort of uh, a stand-in for the audience. He's learning and discovering things as we are as these plays go along and you know, Oh gosh, that's a big shocking moment for Alaric. It is for us too, because we're listening to it and it's whoa. And like, we're going into it. Well, some of us anyway are going into it uh, with huge mystery and, and it's, it's cool to see Alaric unfurling these things as we are as well as the audience. Um, and like the discussions over in the discord, I've peeked in a little bit recently and the forums and stuff is really cool. Um, but I definitely, I like the, uh, the way, culturally how like the and i are they kind of remind me of the gypsies from blood omen and like uh i, I think you said they're a bit you know, like, aboriginal, like, it's aboriginal kind of, it kind of gives, it kind of gives you kind of that kind of like a mix between african and australian aboriginal and yeah. it shows that they're older their culture is far older and they just are they're displaced at the moment which we'll learn more about that there's obviously something happened yeah and we don't know exactly what but a big thing happened that has displaced these people and um the the Thacian Empire, they took them in. Yeah. And let them live there. So like this is obviously a far bigger deal. This is a historic thing. Yeah. The best thing yeah. about Alaric as a stand-in for the audience is that he's not an average person. He knows a lot. He just he's just out of his depth. Oh, yeah. in ways they can't even begin to imagine. Mm-hmm. And I like um th- throwing it back to uh to of of bloodlines that the, the blood mm-hmm. episode the vampire episode um i like that we got backstory on alaric as a child and how he grew up in beller and like how his dad became a vampire and was killed by by the thacian and then the thacian empire comes in and rescues him and so he devotes his life to them and then he tries to do the same thing for the anai and be like hey man just like we're trying to help you out here the thacian empire but i believe that the Thacians aren't actually, you know, great people that Alaric thinks they are. And I think slowly, I think slowly as the episodes progress, we're going to find out that maybe the Thacian empire are just giant meanies 
Um, I have to laugh at the idea when he goes, uh, oh, but the empire will fall. He's like, the fate of all empires is to fall. Yeah, yeah, no, the the Anai leader, um, Venduk, right? He says, in our war against the dead, he says, you cannot win a war against death. Yeah, I think it's like, <laughs> my leader definitely has Brilliant. more knowledge than he's leading on, and he's older than he seems. I definitely think mm. the NI leader is, you know, ancient. There's something, special, there. there's something special about them we don't know yet. That's my yeah. money. I, if I was a betting man, that, that's my money, is that there's something about them, because how are they like a nomadic tribe? allowed to live in Thacia. They're just allowed to wander around. They don't get a proper home or anything. They're just left to wander. She's with Deadhouse. Mm. They are not concerned with this battle at all. No. What do they know? Who are they? Yeah, maybe <laughs> like, they have something to do with... Because the thing is, when um when the Anai... If I remember, unless I'm misremembering, I have to listen to it again. When they stumbled across the portals for the moon doors, that, that's the whole crux of this episode, mm. is Alaric and the Anai leader find moon doors. Um, the Anai leader kind of understands... And he knows he exactly what's in there. What's in there and what's going on. He he kind of, you know... Un- Alaric even un- takes it out and has no idea, but Venduk knew exactly. Whatever yeah. he read, he didn't translate literally. No, he, he didn't. intentionally kept some back because he knew exactly what that was. Yeah, and like he, re- like he knew that... He knew what the ruins were, and he was like, oh yeah, this this old... I know this. Like, this is familiar to me. Not... Whereas Alaric, it's a mystery to him. I like the um, idea that they can go to different places because he says this will bring you to whatever it is, but it'll cost you. He says, what will it cost me? He says, for you, you need only walk through. Which yeah. means they it's cost so, they other, know. People, other things. Mm-hmm. Yep. He knows. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. I there. think bringing it back to voodoo, maybe, maybe they're kind of voodoo-esque. Um, culturally, no, but perhaps like every every uh every culture you know experiments with death and and has a, a sort of tie to it in some way so maybe the anai are kind of like voodoo-esque like um like Haitian they, they have stuff. kind of kind of like like sort of like like a, 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 something similar to where mm-hmm. they understand death and maybe that's why dead house doesn't mess with them and because i mean apart from dead house just not caring um Maybe the, the and I are kind of just left to their own devices because they have a tie in some way to death and something with souls. Or I'm, I'm thinking like that maybe they could tie in with the wraiths somehow or, you know, but I don't know. I think maybe they have something just to ward off that they, that, they do yeah. not come to the attention of these things because they can do stuff that allows them to somehow fly under the radar. Yeah. If you get me, I like that uh, with, with Alaric, it's like from some first people's like, I seen with some comments they're mentioned about, Bel- oh, it's because he's from Beller. It's like an Alaric Von Beller. Von Beller, yeah. Like, Leonardo it, if, you, if, you, if you've played any of the Witcher games or anything, like this is common. It's just the language and all like that. But I thought that was like, it's interesting because is Beller still a place? Does it still stand? Has it fallen? Like Corhaven? I believe... Beller was like to the south, and it was it was situated around the same area as starts with an S, S- St- Sigstrand. Um, Sigstrand. And 
Yeah. Siegstrand. That's a very familiar name, isn't it? Mm, yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> I wonder where that's from. Is there mm. anyone else that has that name in their name? It's someone similar to a Viking's name, their kids. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Astral like, uh, I don't know why it kind of struck me like, oh, yeah, Bell or Durr. Like, like when I heard that, I was like, oh, now it makes sense. But like, come, come on, like, that's. That's just the whole medieval time thing they're kind of they're going with, hmm. you know. Um, let's see. Uh, the, oh, the Vikings. Oh, yeah, Eric the Red. So, so putting you on the spot, Calypso. Do you know where Sigstrand? Um, I uh, one of the captains of the Thasian Empire. I think I can't remember his name. No, <clears throat> the Red Lady. No, think who's the Red Lady? Uh, Come on, back to the Necro. I know who's our I'm... favorite vampire. Uh, no, it's not what it's not Zorin, is it? I'm hold on a minute, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually pulling this up right now. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna see in real time now. Yeah, okay, let me pull up the necro. Oh, wow, they did some updates to the book. That's cool. I love the page turning, I think that's really neat. Y'all need to check in your necro. Frequently. There is no way. Did Zorin actually go to Sigstrand and kill that guy? And that's where the where the Baron is. Da, 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 da. Zorin, scholar. Oh, geez, where's the guy's name? Where's the guy's going ba- Baron Alric? No. Not Bar- Baron Aoric. That's Aoric. That's sorry, Aoric. Uh Lucin Armin. Gosh, what's the freaking captain's name? The captain of the Thasian Empire. It's got to be that guy, right? Keep going. Uh, Vampires, Revenant, White. We just keep an eye for the authors. I think that should help. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. If you guys go to the uh, Dead House uh, website and go to the lore, um, they actually have the text as well as the radio play right next to it that like pops up in a little screen. Da, 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 da. I can't find it. Give me a hint, man. Fort you know the Zeiss. way where it yeah. says, you know the way it says, like at the end of each chapter, it's like you know Negazak, yeah, Malleus Sodium and Revenant Potent. Yeah, keep keep looking, keep looking. Tosi, okay, tails. It's not. Da, 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 da. Um, Scrolls of Lamentation, Negazak. Um, Grim Scribe. Frederick Solomon, Frederick Solomon. Uh, there's some stuff in here that I haven't read yet. <laughs> Scrolls of Lamentation, Malleus, Scrolls of... Gosh, Nagastak writes a lot. <laughs> I mean, it is my Bible. Um, Zorin, no way, dude. Okay, Zorin von Sigstrand, Lord Marshal... Of the shambling hordes. Okay, that took forever. Um, there is some stuff that I definitely need to reread so here. Zorin, Zorin is from Sigstrand. Sigstrand. That might be relevant. Maybe. <laughs> That'll be relevant later on. So, yeah, we get a little bit that um, Sigstrand is the area in which Bella 
is one of the small little villages of. Yeah. If you think of Zixran being the city in the area. And then so Alaric finds that? vampires there. Where's what? Which came, yeah, which came first? <laughs> the the <laughs> vampire the... or the egg? No, the vampire or the victim? But that's that's the part there you see because there's a lot of history that we get to learn about that. But these little bits of things that come later, I just like the idea that it gave body to the blood, the way mm. the blood acted in its own way, and then Alaric later on finds a thing, a big glowy thing, seems to be powering some kind of crazy ass pyramid. Yeah. Mm. Oh yes, that's right. He finds the not. I was about to say. Uh, the lamentation or the lament configuration <laughs> but that's uh, a different puzzle that's, a, that's yeah a yeah that's a different um uh yes he does he finds that he goes into the giant he discovers that image with the pyramid and then the other pyramid and then there's something floating in the middle and he grabs it and then it kind of ends and uh it's it's a mystery it's a weapon maybe he finds a weapon to defeat Deadhouse with or something and I can't remember what the name of it is because I know he gave it a name or it has a it's name a or big metal thingy with glowing green stuff yeah uh, he discovers glyph energy <laughs> the hills in our back no <laughs> um, oh this is uh, much worse <laughs> of hope see I'm making me google it man um, Deadhouse Sonata of I can't is of hope on text is that on text yet? Are they on text so. or no? Oh, don't think so. Dang. Well, yes. No. See, that's that's the cool thing. He discovers, you know, it was uh, called a crucible, by the way. Just, the to, crucible. just to put Thank you out you. of your just to Thank put you, you out of your misery, because one of the big quotes is that was written on the wall in the NI is "Death undone in the crucible." Yeah, so he finds the the weapon that maybe can destroy Deadhouse. And then the thing is, is does he go on to create the whites with this crucible? Good or was that, uh, is Good this memory. after that? Because like, I know the Chronicles of Alaric. This is are, before any of no, Okay, yeah, I was about to say, like, I know they're not in chronological order, and you can put them in chronological order if you look at the dates and you're smart. No, I'm, I'm fairly certain these ones are now in chronological season two. Order. I'm fairly certain are chronological order. Okay, okay, so maybe this... With it's the just that uh, there's there's little bits of time jumps. So, yeah. like, you know, his memories of his childhood or, like, between episodes, they it will mention it. It could be a day, it could be a week, it could be three months. So, you yeah. know, like, it's, yeah. like, for the time distance, shall we call it. Like, that's the interesting part of this. But, no, as far as I recall, this is... Uh, this is in order. I just can't wait for everyone to hear it because uh, I, I'm in the privileged position to be able to know what's coming down the pipeline. And I've skipped ahead to the ending chapter. <laughs> I'm dying to discuss the lore as we go forward, which is why I thought more people would come in once they discovered about the Anai and about the blood. The blood of the vampires. Do you remember the ghoul? No. Let me yeah, smell no, it. Definitely. This is definitely going to be one of those. And, and again, I, I, I'm calling it, I don't want to, you know, jinx it or whatever, but like, I definitely think once there's more Deadhouse stuff released, 
and people start to come in, then they're going to get interested into the lore and then they're going to be, you know, reading the the Bibles and listening yes. to the radio players. Anyone that jumps in on this game. Okay, let's fast forward to like when the game releases, right? Yeah, yeah. By the time this game releases, there's going to be so much lore, you might as well go take a college course. No, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I know what's crazy is I know there's going to be a bunch of other YouTubers jumping on the bandwagon and making lore first, videos. and First. Yeah, first. No, like uh, it's it's crazy to think that uh, uh, uh have you uh have you been playing Scorn at all? Uh, was that yes. your thing? Have you been playing? Did you finish it? it. Loved it. Okay, you finished it. I'm I think I'm towards the ending. I'm like five hours in or something. Um, and I'm just yeah. Yeah, solved... depend depending on how long you took to solve the puzzles. Puzzles. Yeah, you're near the end. Actually, I'll tell you. I, I won't spoil it. But what have you just recently done? And I'll tell you. I am. I just got the first real gun uh that looks like something out of a cronenberg movie that like it's like i a know little, it existence wouldn't it yeah 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 <laughs> no that's what i'm saying it's like it's like the best cronenberg giger uh zalinski uh maybe a little bit of Ellison in there like game ever it's so good a lot of people didn't like it i thought i know because they're because uh they're Oh no, I thought it was, I'm I'm loving it so far. Like I I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving every second of it. And I'm taking my time. Like I'm literally I'm walking through areas. I'm not running or jogging. I'm literally walking. Exactly. Um, it was stunning. I am I am taking this thing. Stunning. I think this is the best looking the best looking Unreal Engine 4 game like I've seen like ever i think because like my problem with unreal games sometimes is they can look really shiny and plasticky in some areas but like this if it's shiny it's because it's gooey and bloody and gross i keep but thinking like, can y'all can y'all um amazing. can y'all get, get like license like some of this thing to like id because like i just want to bounce around those arenas like in quake with a rocket launcher like fragging each other yeah that's what they look like yeah. they are so stunningly beautiful. oh yeah no definitely everywhere maps so, i really wanted to so like that i think that's one of the biggest problems it took so long like everything it is one of the most gorgeous looking games but there's like virtually no gameplay <laughs> no that's the thing like, like this is see that's the thing i knew it was going to be this way yeah from initially backing it and you know getting the developer videos and stuff back then like you have a team of like four or five people working on this thing of course it's not going to be you know triple a big budget whatever and it's going to be short ish but that's that's the other thing excuse me that's the other thing that like i guess we can talk about game length for a second hmm. your games don't have to be a hundred hours long um your games <clears> don't have to be yeah, your games don't have to be like like you know 10, 10 hours is fine of a game length. I think anything lower than like you know five, six, seven hours, four hours, three hours is no big problem because like it's funny how people are uh, getting on scorn about its length being like depending on how you play it, no, I you know, think it's four, long enough. four, right. four to seven hours or whatever. Um, but then like ten years ago, there were games that were five hours long, and you guys were okay with that. You guys were fine with like a game being short and spending sixty dollars on it. PS2 games, the average like PlayStation 2 game was like five hours long. The original God of War, five hours. And if you know you've played it a million times, three hours. Yeah. Prince of Persia Sands of Time, Jack and Daxter. All these games are crazy short for back then. And they were developed by teams of a thousand people. I think I remember like, one of the longest games I went through at the time that was a single player offline type game. It wasn't like PC or anything. Final Fantasy VII, and that felt like yeah. it dragged on forever. 
Oh yeah, and that's yeah. not the longest game in the world either. Exactly, it's so, long. So, but not that long. The, the Legacy of Kane games, you know, less than five hours long. If you if you really or an hour and something if you're Varric. or an hour and something <laughs> if you're if you're Varric, yeah. Um, Varric or Sailor gets yeah. it done in like you know yeah bang bang out like they're short they're short games. So I don't know why everyone's even so, like uh so we were talking about Silent Hill earlier. The Silent Hill games are you know five hours. Yeah, there Star Fox for the N sixty four was like 25, 35 minutes. Same with the first mm-hmm. Smash Bros. Uh, yeah. Smash Bros. is different because once you get multiplayer games into it, the length of time doesn't really count because count. there's a weird yeah. replayability thing to it. But just generally mm-hmm. speaking, it depends on the game. Like oh, it's, it's as long as it should be. If it's too long and you intentionally drag it out unnecessarily, it's like you're just padding things for the sake of it at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting into MMO territory. But the reason yeah. that happens in MMOs is for an entirely different realm of physics and mechanics like that's an entirely different world altogether mm-hmm. but when you're doing that in a single player offline game where it's like we're going to make this grindy as hell why though <laughs> yeah why why like i think i think the crazy thing is is if scorn was 10 hours long people would say and i guarantee people would say oh it kind of went on a little bit too long for what it was no, you know you know the exact words they'd use because i've read enough reviews now it outstayed its welcome yeah exactly you know? like like uh <laughs> And that's the thing is, is like uh, it's paced really well. And mind you, that's the that's the thing. It's paced really well to however you're playing it. It's one of those games to where it's it's paced how you're playing it. I'm taking it very slowly. I'm walking through areas. Some of some of I'm those puzzles around. are a bit cruel, though. Some, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh, like I just got done with a puzzle where you had to realign. Um, like cogs to get this machine to work, but you all had to have the light matching at the same time i love how it explains nothing ever no i love that too i i like how there's no hand holding the egg thing was really cool um that egg puzzle at the start was a bit of a pain i could see people like i didn't have a problem but i will sit and mess with a rubik's cube or anything like i will do those puzzles like i will be the person that sits down and unknots cables and it doesn't mm -hmm. frustrate me like to high heavens like I thought I the could train see puzzle, a lot of people will lose their minds. Yeah, I thought that the first puzzle, the train puzzle or whatever that I guess they're calling it that, or the egg, the 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 moving where you have the giant claw and you have to move like the egg yeah. sacks or whatever they. Yeah, are. that's like, what I'm talking about. That's what I call yeah, the egg puzzle. That, that took forever. Moving. That took that took forever for me, like uh, like an hour, I think, just going back and forth. I'm like, oh, did I do something wrong? Am I missing something? Um, did i i got i got that one thing where like something uh, you grabbed one it worked and then it fell and the creature fell on the floor or died or whatever i was like okay i finished that section then i had to go back and like then there's the tracks you have to align if you want to do this other thing and blah 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 like but that's the thing that's 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 okay with me like i i like those kind of slow burn sort of walking simulator or puzzle games that scorn there is that miss, absolutely, like again there is absolutely nothing play. wrong with walking simulators as long as people are aware it's a walking simulator i need i understand you need 20 of a drop item in a quest but why is it a two percent drop rate drop rate yeah um oh mmos yeah like yeah. like the thing is is like especially for and you and people are like oh well you have to bl- uh, blame scorn's advertising for it advertising something differently it didn't though if it you've didn't. been interested if you've been interested in following this game and then before you buy it you want to look up a bunch of gameplay or previews everywhere and every gameplay preview they've shown there's maybe like five percent shooting um 
the other 95% is walking around and puzzle solving and just atmosphere, building an atmosphere Beautiful that this atmosphere. game is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, is it weird uh, I just had like tool and nine inch nails running through my head when I'm playing? Oh, no. Same. Same. Like I've, <laughs> I've legitimately gone and looked up uh, HR Giger documentaries and stuff after playing some of this and like it's i re, I rewatched existence before this game came out with my friend um like yeah like it's <laughs> wow, so wow you went so good. you went back I went, and you went deep existence, i did i did like, most people calypso would have no idea what that is oh nah, man video video drum existence uh naked lunch cronenberg is great i think he just came out or he's coming out with another movie soon or he just came out with one something so I finally get him off his game so yeah <laughs> um but no, it's like that's that's the other that's the thing with uh with like just world building, like Scorn does world building really well, but it's all up to the perception of the player. Mm. And like I think Deadhouse can do something where they can do world building really well. And if they don't hold anyone's hand, like Scorn doesn't hold your hand, then I mean, apart from like a tutorial here and there, like you can flesh out the world of Deadhouse. I love the intuitive nature to it. But then again, yeah. I like that in things like uh, from software games like i loved elden ring like i know they had a little bit of tutorial but like you don't need to do you could skip you it you could skip the tutorial right yeah you can just run yeah. straight out the door and go for it but i like that whenever later on it implements like i don't want to spoil this because technically it's still a new game and i know with from software games even if it's five years old there's some people that have never got that far in it because it's mm -hmm. a wall they're just been bricking their head against so like that's a I'm not going to explain too much, but there's things that happen in Elden Ring that you only discover later on. You learned things without it explaining them through trial and error, like, and it's it, it's very cruel and harsh trial and error, which I really really enjoy. You know, yeah. I like learning through doing, learning through seeing. I don't like the whole go up to this thing and press this button and then this will happen. It's like no, no, let me see it. Show, don't yeah. tell. As Dennis loves the to say and i thoroughly agree with that attitude i like that show don't tell yeah that's like it's it's a rule in film it's a rule in video games but then there's those people who want to be told like you need you know you have some some bit of environmental storytelling of a guy holding a gun um and he's got like you know a side wounds to his head and there's his brain splattered all over the wall do you really need an audio diary of a guy saying i'm about to kill myself things are getting really desperate and sad <laughs> Like, no, you don't, but people want it. I, I just find it a bit strange on that front. You see, there's this is a whole other conversation. This is a Sanguine Sunday conversation, but yeah, to yeah. bring it up into it, not every game is for you. And people no. need to understand this. People get very upset. It's like, but I didn't like this. And I don't, it's not for you. Maybe it's not for you. Not every, like, there like my favorite one is they need to put an easy mode into like from software games there is it's called magic users yeah. <laughs> like, like when people talk about i need an easy mode there is just pick a magic user the game yeah team. but like when they go on at that like not every game is for you like yeah i'll give you a perfect example i do not like soccer well, soccer to Americans said over here it's football. Football, but yeah. Soccer. I don't like soccer. I've no problem with it. It's just not me. I've never liked it. Yeah, magic using makes things easier. Very much so. That's all yeah, been, like, that's been a known thing in those games. But um yeah. I just don't don't buy soccer games. I don't like pick up a soccer game and complain, how oh, come it doesn't have this and they don't do that and this is boring and blah blah blah. I just don't play them. 
because mm-hmm. it's not for me. I'm not big into sports games. If you are, more power to you. You, you. you go buy FIFA and enjoy. You do you. That's your thing. It's not for me at all. And this yeah. this applies to almost every game and every genre. It might not be for you. You should take a look at it and see. Like, if you like walking simulators, if you like puzzles, you like the dark atmosphere, like, I like this. The only time yeah. it doesn't work in certain games, like Agony, I felt that was a bit kind of, I thought that was going to be a Agony bit had different. so much potential, and then it went yeah. in an entirely different direction. I don't know, I don't know how or why, but I suspect that Agony was, had a really great idea at first, but then either they, they kind of wrote themselves into a hole or something to do with they had to cut a lot of stuff out and turn it into whatever agony became um but well, they you say they catch you the rating and stuff as an excuse because dante's inferno got released and that was great yeah i love people are like oh it's just game. a rip off of god of war and they done it well it was yes. very good hey if you're gonna hey uh what, what's that whole thing a uh, good good artists borrow great artists steal <laughs> um and but like, like that's yeah. a, an homage to different things. I think you mentioned it in one of your videos. Like if you're like, oh, these are homages. Yeah, because if you're going yeah. to do it, do it well. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned, like Dark Siders is Zelda. Yeah, yeah, Dark Siders is Zelda with, with a portal a gun of portal gun. And <laughs> le- yeah, and a legacy game. Like um, like I know that Dark Souls and From Software games, even though I love them as a developer and I think they make great games, I know they're not for me. I know like. I think the world they create is cool. I think the combat's fine or whatever. But like, I just already know that they're not my thing. Yeah. So not like, everything I'm never, is I'm never really gonna. I'm never really gonna play. It. And I know if I do pick one up and play, it, I might have like fun, but I won't be immersed or like truly enjoying myself for whatever reason. I just, I just exactly. know it. I just have that feeling that it's not for me. That's why I think a lot of people. Get and that's okay. A lot of people got upset as well with the more recent Monkey Island, because uh, it's I it's a. I heard it's great. It's a Monkey Island game from yeah. start to finish. It's, it's just a it's, different art style. The funny part to it is, you see, again, coming from an age when those were the new games, when those like yeah. you were excited when they brought a new Monkey Island game. Um, this is a Monkey Island game that's aware that it's a Monkey Island game. Which yeah, is that's like, what I hear about it. It's know, really funny. But that sense of humor means it's yeah. Now my next one is like, okay, you finished Monkey Island. Now do Discworld. Do Discworld again. Yeah. I love Terry Pratchett and Discworld 2 was possibly one of the best like point and click kind of adventure FMV games, you know, like Day of the Tentacle, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I love those games. They have a place. They kind of get forgotten a lot now, but that's pretty much what Scorn is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. from a different perspective. It is a point and click game. Go here and do this thing to unlock this thing. To yeah, get to it's uh, you know, I saw I saw a good description. It's it's um it's it's Giger Mist. Like it's yes. just mist. It's just mist yes. with with Giger and uh, I was I was and thinking some more shooting. amnesia, but Even that's the shooting, more accurate. Well, yeah, amnesia too. Like it's no, um, that's more accurate. Everything mist. the thing yeah. the thing with Scorn is that everything is a puzzle. Even the combat is a puzzle. And that's why it's there's like so few and far between combat. You don't get a gun, a proper gun, until like I am four hours in and I just got a proper gun. And there's only like, I guess, two more guns or something that you can find. If that now the thing is, I could have gone through my entire this section I've gone through this entire time without a gun if I hadn't gone this direction or that direction, because there's no holding your hand and there's no proper way to go it's just if you want to go this way go this way and if you find a gun you find a gun if you don't well then you don't have a gun whatever you have to run away like 
Like it's it's a it's a puzzle adventure game. They advertised it was a puzzle adventure game even way back when it was being kickstarted. So I don't know why people are upset. It's because they wanted it to be something else than what it actually was. It's like if if Doom, I would understand if Doom advertised itself as a boomer shooter and like hardcore a do a doom game basically but then you turned on doom and it was a slow paced yeah if you if you like if you'd like the trailers they had for doom eternal and it turned out to be scorn i could understand people being angry. yeah like, but you, know, you saw I the trailers for scorn and you got scorn it's exactly what it's advertised so i don't i don't get it i thought it was great but my biggest advertising comes from uh, i really can't complain about it at all because i got to play it on game pass which again, oh, shout yeah. out to See, I backed That's this thing 10 years ago. I backed this bad boy on Kickstarter. I've been waiting for this game forever. Yeah. You and Sailor, I believe, both backed it. And then, then there's been Man. a lot of iffies up and downs on it over the years and all like that. Mm-hmm. But if this thing doesn't get a sequel, I'm going to be shocked. Dude, no. Like, I, it's what I'm pretty sure about. I'm pretty sure it will. Like, because they you make a niche game, you know it's for a niche audience. You can't expect, you know a lot of people to like it or to love it and you expect it to be you know a mixed reception it's like legacy of kane perfect example legacy of kane dead house sonata mixed a, a niche game for a niche audience that will you know make money and ma- make its return back and everything but it's not for everybody like uh dark siders is a niche kind of game um and it's it's even one of those things where it doesn't really have a, a gaming identity like Legacy of Cain because it changed up genres every single game. Um, but like it's not for everyone, but it still has an audience. It still has a niche audience that enjoys the whole Darksiders aesthetic look and combat feeling, depending on what you're going for, like all that stuff. Like, you know, like from, from soft niche games that have a niche audience that, you know, can become commercially successful, Elden Ring, um, but at the end of the day are still specific audience yeah it's like you're not going to get people that aren't into sports buying like yeah like i don't like sports games but a friend of mine loves sports games so more power to him whatever i just know that i liked sports games as a kid when i was playing them with my friends but that was that not you know now last time i played a sports game properly it was on the game boy <laughs> I think mine was uh like a PlayStation like FIFA the original FIFA, like, Game Boy <laughs> three or four whatever for PlayStation whatever whatever that FIFA was FIFA ninety eight maybe I don't know. But the fun side is uh, to, saying it to scorn. Um, I was sitting with a friend playing it, and me and him were discussing it. Uh, he went he went to arts college, and we were laughing at the idea that like you could get a bunch of students to sit and like philosophize over the meaning of the artwork in this game of every level for like a, yeah. a month. Like you could do a college course where each month it's a different level in scorn and what that means. What's the meaning behind it? What's it mm-hmm. like how it's interpreted and what story does this tell? Like that's so unbelievably beautifully crafted. Yeah, there's already lore videos for scorn, like the, the lore behind scorn, the story for scorn explained you know the the game that we never got because they released an art book and it's like there's a bunch of cut content from the art book and like a bunch of cut little story bits and everything from the art book but it's just that's the thing it was just a conceptual art book everything is a concept Mm. and you have to i think the best part about scorn is that it doesn't hold your hand and everything is interpretive like the story you can you might find something a little different with it with whatever the story is than someone else and that's like the good part about like those kind of games. That's why I love those. I love the way games. it tells you nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, nothing. Here's nothing. the start of the game. Go. Yep. Yep. It's like, uh, it's like if you're playing 
through like System Shock 2, for example, and there's all this environmental storytelling, but then there's audio logs with that. If there were no audio logs, you're not missing out on anything because there's the environment to tell you the story. Like <laughs> Scorn, the entire environment tells a story. It's just up to your, what do you think this means? You know, That is also something I'd like to see added to Dead House. I'd love to see, I love environmental storytelling. Like, I don't think it should be the only form of storytelling because again, it's going to be a very narrative driven, story driven game, but I do think you can tell a lot. It's something, again, I know I bring this up in virtually every stream. If I don't, you do. The Witcher. There's a lot of parts of the Ding. Witcher where you go, yeah, so you can press that in the bingo card. Uh, you you go into like a house or something and you just kind of quickly look around. You can tell what's happened based on, like, yeah. what's, okay, this guy came in here and he's dead. I'm looking for a frying pan. Why is he almost, this poor fella has had an awful case of the suicides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Worst case of suicide yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like he cut his own head off and everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, no, I think, uh, uh, I mean, not to, you know, derail into a Witcher, mm. a Witcher thing, but I do think, um, uh, replaying some missions after you've like finished the game or at least gotten to a certain point, then you understand, oh, now I get what this was about with the story and with like, you know, the environment and everything. But that's like, that's what makes games good. Like, like, uh, to, to bring it to, uh, I guess, I guess. Blood Omen, Blood Omen or like Soul Reaver 1, like there's some environmental storytelling with there too. It's very light. This might be just me, you know, um, reaching no, in, really far. In Blood Omen, I don't know about so much with Soul Reaver because like that was pretty like basic, but that was more of a technical limitation at the time. Mm-hmm. But with Blood Omen, like when you go back to Kane's home village, like the plague card, even before he mentions anything, like there's plague cards. You can tell the that there's plague and there's plague oh, cards and rocks. Everyone's dead. Okay. Yeah. And then you start seeing zombie type things. And you're, oh, you know, when again, the enemies, the context, the area. I said, it's yeah. why I like Elden Ring more than Dark Souls. I like Elden Ring more than Dark Souls. The environmental storytelling is still there but there is more active storytelling as well. Mm. Yeah. And you, I think you need, you need a mix of both in your game without, I guess, going too far, going overboard, Mm. you know, like, like uh, I understand scorn doesn't hold your hand and people don't like that, but if scorn had, you know, all the environment storytelling that it did, but then there were, you know, futuristic alien audio logs that explained everything it would defeat the purpose of whatever they were trying to do in our, an artistic way. Like the the thing with Blood Omen One is when you when you go to Corhagen and you see all the plague carts and you see the giant rock that's blocking the entrance anyway, so that nobody with the plague can get out. They just basically shut that away from the world so nobody else can get sick. Um, then, but and then Kane remarks on it because he's a vampire now and he can survive it. That's that's fine. We got the little bit of storytelling beforehand. We got Kane's remark on the plague, but that's all you get. You only get one little thing of him mentioning the plague and how like Corhagen got infected with the plague. Everything else is the environment telling you that this couple died in their bed while being sick, that this this wife, you know, had to kill her husband because he was sick, but then she slowly got uh the plague as well. Um yeah. So it's like you can have that, just don't overdo it. You know what I mean? Like I think Dead House has a great potential of having a bunch of environmental storytelling and then and then having 
you know, mythical rocks with text on them or something that you have to translate or whatever that can you see. Tell you it a depends story. on nar- narrative. Depends on story. what they're doing. Narrative storytelling versus environmental storytelling. Like for example, you get a lot of narrative storytelling in think games like Arkham Asylum. Batman, yeah, because it's it's literally interactive with other people and stuff like mm-hmm. that. In Scorn, I don't want to spoil it, but you don't really meet anyone else. Yeah, technically, I know you kind of do during the first puzzle, but not really. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Other than that, you don't it's, really it's... meet anyone, and mm-hmm. nothing really happens. Kind of. I love the way it, pre- it presents itself, where you like, you know, it doesn't tell you it's a puzzle game or that just puzzles. Yeah. It's just like walk here. You see a thing, there's a door, you do the thing, the door opens, it's like, ah, there we go. But will we'll Dead House, Legos, Petrogos, I will put my foot down and that I will, th- that will be the cross I perish on. You will get to pet the doggos. I will annoy every staff member. I have a feeling it'll be a thing. Boy. I have yes. a feeling it'll be a thing because, um, you know, dogs and cats be... are going to be in the game. Yeah. So why wouldn't you let doggo. us pet them? Yes. Let it let us get a stray a stray dead house uh, tie in, so like undead un like uh, ghost cats or ghost ghost dogs. No, but isn't that what happened? Isn't the story destroyed? Like humanity's all been wiped out already. Yeah, something like that. It's like Half Life Two. But dead house. Cat. Is Spoilers. <laughs> um. Uh, but anyways, that. Uh, th- that was, derails us into was, another. Everything was wiped out. The only thing to survive one cat. Yep, one cat. Um. And speaking of cats, um, cats have nine lives, but this stream only has one, and it is time to end it. Um, and end it uh, now. End it now and continue on with another episode, another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so as per usual, uh, if you've enjoyed this, obviously uh, check us out on Spotify. And don't forget to follow Dead House Sonata at deadhousesonata.com. Jump on the discords, jump on the Reddit, jump on the Twitter um, all that jazz. You can follow me on Twitter at the Necro Libriatus. You can follow me on YouTube if you search anything Dead House Sonata related. You'll find me. You can follow Faceless Mike at the Faceless Mike on all the social medias: Twitter, uh, Twitch, uh, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. You if can you follow look Dead up House Faceless Sonata. Mike, I show up in most places. Pretty much. Um, you can follow <laughs> Dead House Sonata on Twitter at Dead House Game as well as Instagram. And yeah, and every everywhere else, pretty much. Jump in the Discord, guys. Jump on the forum, um, and. Don't forget to, you know, do all that followy stuff for Dead House and yes. us as well. If you like us, Dead House Whispers, we are on Spotify as well as YouTube. You can catch the video for this um, a little bit later after I go edit it. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, just uh, keep, you know, keep uh, keep on keeping on, guys. And we um, will catch you a lot sooner than later the next time. Yes, and we will see you guys in the next one. I've been Calypso, Faceless Mike. See ya. See ya.